You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Ever since March, we started this series called Practicing the Ways of Jesus. Practicing the Ways of Jesus. And one question I just want to preface today with is this. What is God, I believe, yeah, what is God saying to you, what is God saying to this local church body in regards to the three practices of Jesus we have been learning and putting into practice? Even our community groups are taking this a couple steps further. They're practicing it together. They're discussing, they're fellowshipping together. We only have a few weeks left of doing that and if you're not in a community group, don't, don't feel left out. But it's good to feel left out because you belong in a community. <laughs> so if you feel left out, join a community of believers that are in the same boat as you are, just with different paddles <laughs> and a different look. What is God saying? What is God saying to us? What is the Holy Spirit speaking through these three practices of Jesus? And if you're one that just, you haven't engaged, you haven't done any of the practices, you haven't read of the scriptures, you're welcomed here. You're loved. Join us. Start today. It'll change you. And we don't do these practices because we have to. We do these practices is because we want to make space for Jesus. And we want to grow in his likeness and we want to experience the Holy Spirit's transformation in our lives. That's why we do it. Do you have to pray? No, you don't have to pray. Do you have to rest in Sabbath? No, you don't have to rest in Sabbath. Do you have to fast? No, you don't have to fast. But what I hope you see is God is waiting for us to pursue him. And the benefits of a believer that begins to pursue him with a life of prayer start to experience the results of prayer. And those who start to experience and practice rest in Christ, not just stopping from our work, but literally shifting our attention. Say attention. Do you know that attention is your worship? What you are attentive to, it is that you start to worship. So the whole point of resting is to gear and direct our attention to the most holy God, which then aligns us and changes us. Are you rested? And fasting. Today was supposed to be part one, but the Holy Spirit is leading a whole different direction, and that's a good thing, because I don't want to go my direction if the Holy Spirit's not leading that direction. Amen? You don't want your pastor 
You don't want a leader just preaching something because they think that that's what they planned. And I've done that, and it doesn't work. But I want to just stay here for a minute. And we are going to go deeper in what it means to fast. We're not going to necessarily debate whether it has to be food or whether, whether it can be social media or your phone or whatever. That's not, I don't believe that's important for this series. Fasting is all about giving up something, stripping that something that we crave and that takes and captures our attention. And we bind it and tie it up for just a moment and we focus on God. That is the purpose and the heart of fasting. And yes, there is nothing, nothing in all this world that we depend on more than food. Our bodies can't live without it. That's why I believe the biblical fast is food. I also understand that even in our culture, we are distracted and bombarded by so many other things that take our attention, sometimes even more than food. But we need to understand how immensely dependent we need to be on God. And it's the moment when we start to be obedient and strip that away only for the purpose to say, God, you're first. And I want to strip it away for a moment to be still enough to hear from you. That's fasting in a nutshell. And you can agree with me or you don't agree with me, and that's okay. And so I don't want us this season just to fast because some people in church are doing it. I want us to fast with the heart of we're, we're not content with where we are right now. We want to pursue. Fix our eyes on Jesus. And we want to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit so that he can transform us. And so, Yes. The last week of May, don't worry, we won't go into Memorial Day weekend. But the last week of May, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to challenge our entire body to fast in some form, in some fashion. But when you go without, you actually stop to pray. For so many years, I fasted food. And I never stopped doing what I normally do to pray. So I filled that time where I would be eating with other busyness. Fasting's all about busy less. To sit in that craving. To present our bodies, as Romans 12.1 says, as holy sacrifices, living sacrifices. And so that's where our heart is with fasting. And I believe we're going to reap a blessing. I believe when every single person strips something away in their life to pursue more of God, he always blesses it. Always. 
When our interior motive is not to get, 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 but to give, 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 because he's worthy, he blesses it. And I believe he's going to bless our church. I believe he's going to bless our church when we say, you know what, we're serious. I'm not playing games anymore. I'm tired of playing church. I want to hear from God. And so, Father, we, we strip away all distractions right now. And by faith, we press in. I want to remind you, brothers and sisters, as we pray right now, that we are in the most holy of holies. We have entered the throne room of God. He is here, working in our place, moving in this place. So Holy Spirit, fill my mouth. Transform my mind. And may your holy, powerful word penetrate and pierce our lives to where it is completely cut to the core by your power. Lord, I pray. God, I pray right now that through the moving of your spirit and your word, every single one of us here or watching online will not be the same. A shift, a change is about to happen in our lives. Because whenever we encounter the living word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't be the same. We are shifted and changed as 2 Corinthians 3 says, from glory to glory, we are being transformed into Christ Jesus likeness. So buckle up right now. Be ready to receive what God has. In Jesus' name. It's always, I think anyways, a lot easier sitting where you're at than being up here and knowing that the Spirit of God wants to speak, but not knowing where he's going to direct but I'm excited because you're about to encounter transformation. But you have to be open and receive it. I can't force you to drink, but I can lead you to the living water. It's your choice to drink or not. But Jesus said, when you drink of this living water, you will never thirst again. My question is this, and I would like for you not to answer out loud. I want you all to just think about it. Who's the leader of this church? Elevation Community Church. 
who's the leader. Maybe you're visiting and you have no clue and that's okay. Who's the leader of this church? If you said Pastor Phil, you would be incorrect. My prayer is that you would never see me as the leader of this church in which his shoulders holds up this church. If that's your perspective, I will always disappoint and fail you. The elders, right? Greg, Brian Warwick, Joe Francis, Phil Nelson. No. No, we're not. We've been called and chosen by God for some odd reason to shepherd this flock and be faithful to what he's calling us to do, to watch your lives with compassion and tenderheartedness to help hold you up as you fix your eyes on the leader of this church, Jesus Christ. He is the chief shepherd. Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. Jesus is the shepherd and leader of the church. And the moment he becomes not the leader of this church, we are now a religion in whose doors need to be shut. And if Jesus is your shepherd, and he is the one that leads and guides this ecclesia, the people of God, then I want this verse in Matthew 9. If you have your Bibles, it's not on the screen. If you have your Bibles or your phones. Matthew 9. Matthew 9, verse 36. And Jesus went through all the cities and the villages, uh, uh, 35, teaching in their synagogues. Are you all there? And proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest 
to send out laborers. And what I want us to understand is that as Jesus gazes across this congregation, this room right now, his heart is filled with compassion. Because I believe that though we may be sheep in God's flock, and what I mean by that, let me not use pastor talk. Because we have received salvation through Christ alone, and we've made him Lord of our lives, meaning we have said that we give him authority over our lives. He is now our shepherd. We are his sheep of his flock. But I feel like the Lord is saying today that there are so many of my sheep that are living their lives as if there is no shepherd over them. And I believe Jesus grieves and has compassion because you're being harassed and tossed to and fro by all the philosophies and all the teaching. And we're, we're like children seeking truth, but we don't know where our daddy went. And he's looking at this church and saying, they're my sheep. And yet they're going around like they don't even know who their shepherd is. You see, sheep who know their shepherd submit to him fully. And a good shepherd, when they don't submit fully, he changes that. Now turn to Second Peter. I lied. First Peter. Chapter two. PowerPoint, it's going to be verse 24. Verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. So he himself, Jesus Christ, bore our sins in his body on the tree. That's salvation. His work on the cross paid the price for those who call upon him to save them that we might die, say die. die, we hate that word, that we may die, meaning separation, we might be separated from sin and live to righteousness, the things of God, in alignment, right standing with God. By his wounds, you have been healed. Can you just do this for me? If you believe that by his wounds you've been healed. Everyone say this. By his wounds. I am healed. Amen. Verse 25. For you 
were straying like sheep. But you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Friends, if I have your trust today and permission, I want to guide you back to your shepherd. It's time to come home. He's a good shepherd. And we have kept the Holy Spirit behind closed doors for way too long. If you truly want Jesus Christ to guide you, you must say yes to the Holy Spirit. This is good. So the real passage that got put on my heart this morning was in Ephesians 4. I'd love for you to turn there, but for those of you who uh, don't have a Bible, or I know that uh, the network service sometimes plays havoc on our phones, uh, it should be on the screen. And I will preface this scripture by letting you into, not a secret, but something you may not know. Since January of 2023 of this year, I felt the Lord say that Ephesians 4 is the passage this year for ECC. And I've kind of dabbed into it a little bit and kind of given you snippets of it throughout the last several months. But today we're going to let the word of God teach us through Ephesians 4. All of it. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak. Because I do believe that we as a church right now are resisting a bit of where God wants to take us. And that's normal because when we're living kind of in our human tendencies, we want to resist that. But I believe that there is so much more freedom and even the glory of God that wants to rest on this place. But we, as his children, need to grow up. In his love, in his grace, in his truth, and walking by the Holy Spirit. Friends, you have no clue what blessings are awaiting you from the Father when you begin to step and walk by his Spirit. You have no idea what we're going to see as a church body when we begin to walk in humility and submission and purity before the Lord. But something's got to change. And going back to 2 Peter, I need to go back to that. I'm so sorry. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. That we might die to sin and live in the righteousness of God. The word I have today is this is a field this morning, and there are going to be graves today that you start to bury your sin. We have got to learn how to die well. Because that is the only way we will continue to conquer territory in God's name. So the only way we're going to see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is if we continue to put that flesh and that sin down six feet under. We need to learn to die. Because friends, church has never been designed about people who have been set free, walking and living in bondage completely. What kind of freedom is that? It's because we love the things of this world more than we love God. It's truth. But when we begin to love God more than anything, we begin to put that old sin, that stuff you're scrolling on the internet and you know is wrong, that sexual activity that you're doing behind closed doors and you know needs to be buried. You know that gossip and hateful talk? It needs to be buried. You know the substances that you're going to, to numb, to satisfy, to rest your soul? Yeah, that needs to be buried. You know those addictions that tend to just lead us and guide us and wrap our identity up? Yeah, that, that needs to come undone and be buried. If you want to live in the freedom and the righteousness that God has given us now and forever. Since it's Mother's Day and we don't want to get out of here at one o'clock, I should start reading. No, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you stop me. You stop me dead in my tracks when we are supposed to stop. In Jesus' name. Ephesians 4. Here we go. Engage with me. Open your spiritual ears and eyes to see. And may our question be, God, where do I need to grow? What are we missing? And where am I seeing the effects of the Holy Spirit moving in my life? Let's read. The Apostle Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. I therefore, and when we always see the therefore, we need to understand what it's there for. Let's go back a verse. Chapter three, 
Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or think or imagine, according to the power at work within us. Say within us. His power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Live it out. Give it permission. Oh, friends, just take a step. Just take a step. Stop comparing yourself to other Christians. Take a step where you're at. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord. Let me ask you this. Are you a prisoner of the Lord or are you a captive to this world? Because a prisoner of the Lord is set free and walks in freedom. A captive to this world is completely bound and silenced. A prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy, walk, live, move, respond in a manner worthy of your calling. What's your calling? To be a son and a daughter of the Most High God, following Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith, and filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. That's your calling. Walk, therefore, in your calling. I could literally stop there. I believe the Lord is speaking to us, church. We've got to look different than the world because we are different. We're new. We're righteous, we're holy, we're pure, and bought with the blood of Jesus. Let's start living like it. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling, which you have been called with all humility. Boy, do we need that. With all humility and gentleness and patience. Mothers, even though you may feel impatient, you reflect God's patience in so much that you do. Thank you. Oh, mom, you were so patient. I was a mess. I was a handful. No naughty, no amens there. Come on. All right, let's keep focused. Bearing with one another in love. This is agape Holy Spirit given love of the Father. This cannot be manufactured. Eager to maintain the unity. Say unity. 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 You're going to see this in a couple times. Unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is what the body of Christ should look like. Should. And I speak by faith will look like. There is one body. 
Stop this denominational crap. One body. One faith. One spirit. Just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. There's your calling. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. Is that what you experience when you walk through the doors of this structure? That's what we should experience. But the grace, but grace was given, verse 7, to each one of us. Do you know what grace is? It's undeserved favor. If you have said yes to Jesus taking over your life, you have undeserved favor all over and in you. By grace that was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. What? Christ's gift? Yeah. Read forward. That's why the scriptures, the prophecy says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, those who were captive. To this world. And he gave gifts. Our God is a gift giver, not just on Christmas. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. That does not mean the gender, male and female alike, equal in God's eyes. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he has also descended into the lower regions of the earth, the underworld, the dark dominion. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. It's called the fivefold ministry. If you want to memorize that, just say the word apest, not a pest, apest. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. You're welcome. He gave the leaders, overseers of the church for this purpose, to do the work of the ministry that the others cannot do. <laughs> no. To forcefully command people to follow Jesus. No. This is the role of the leaders of your church. Not the leader, but the under shepherds that God has appointed to lead you and guide you to the chief shepherd. Verse 12. The purpose of these overseers these gifts to the leaders. And I believe you can look at this fivefold ministry as well as gifts to the church. But in this passage, I believe he's specifically talking about leadership because it's of the church body. And we'll get to it in a minute as we read on. To equip, verse 12, say the word equip, equip the saints for ministry. 
equip the saints for the work of ministry. Saints aren't someone who have done so many good things divine that they're now considered a deity. That's not what the word of God says. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are a saint. You're adopted into the family of God. You walk with authority and dominion. You're a saint. We're to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Well, what is the work of the ministry, Phil? Well, I'm glad you asked because it continues to tell us. For the building up, say building up, building up of the church of Christ. Until we attain to the, say that word, unity, unity. There it is again, of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, not gender-based here, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, stop. Your standard as a follower, a Christian under Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, you are to grow up in every way to the fullness. That's your standard, the fullness of Christ. Do you realize that on this earth, we can never get to the absolute fullness of Christ? It's only going to be when we are glorified, when we see Jesus face to face. But our goal and design and purpose on this earth as a follower of Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit is to continue to grow up in the ways of Christ, the fullness of Christ, the maturity of Christ. We are supposed to, at some point, be considered mature and full of the ways of Jesus. Yes, we are. This is not a spectator sport. Until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If people who know you best, how would they say, you? How do you scale in the fullness of Christ? Where are you? So that we may no longer be children. We're not always supposed to be spiritual infants. Feed me, feed me, feed me, change me. There's a time for that. And sometimes you need spiritual milk. But there's a time when you're supposed to feed others. And to walk in authority because you've grown up. So that we may no longer be children tossed into and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Guys, we've seen this in our church. We see this in almost every church. The enemy is trying to tear us away from growing up in the maturity of Jesus. And he uses every wind of doctrine and belief by human cunning, even with good intentions, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Don't be surprised when you see that. But resist it and rebuke it. And rather, verse 13, 15, 
Speak truth and love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Speak truth and love. We are to grow up in every stinking way. It's not in there. Every way. Into him who is the head, our shepherd, King Jesus, from whom the whole body, you and me, all of us in a local church body, but the glorified one universal big C church, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped. Fulfilling the purpose of the church. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles, meaning that who reject God, who have not been born again, who don't know their hope that they have in Jesus. In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding. Look around our world. Can you not see this come to pass? They are darkened in their understanding. They're alienated from the life of God. They're severed from the life of God. They don't know right from wrong. They don't know the shepherd. Because of their ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become calloused. I pray that's not us. And have given themselves to the sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way You learned Christ. If it is, that's the wrong gospel. Assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him in the truth of Jesus. To put off your old self. Six feet under. This is where I believe the Lord is starting to challenge us and prune us that we have to look different. If the Holy Spirit has access and full permission in your life, you do not look like the world. You are light in the midst of darkness. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner and lives. We see all throughout the globe, people calling themselves Christian, one foot in Christ and one foot in the world. And that's when Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You're either all in or all out. Put your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and corrupt through deceitful desires. 
and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. You're new in Jesus. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. In order to put it on, something must come off. which belongs to your former life and corrupt through deceitful desires to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and stop sinning. What? I can be angry and not sin? That's what the word of God says. Be angry and not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands. That is change, transformation, turning, repentance. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths but only such as good as building up the body as fits the occasion that if by, uh, excuse me, that it may give grace to those who hear. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus and they hear it through you. And do not grieve, quench, diffuse, Snuff out the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, clamor and slander be put away from you in the grave along with all malice be kind to one another, tender hearted. It's time to be kind. It's time to give benefit of the doubt to your brothers and sisters. It's time to be slow to speak and quick to listen. It's time to honor one another. It's time to go out of our ways to show hospitality to one another. We are not the frozen chosen. We are not a holy huddle. We are a kingdom of God that is supposed to show who we follow by how we love one another. We can only do that through the Holy Spirit. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I heard on the radio, I don't know if it was a survey or some people that they interviewed said that Christians tend to be the most offensive, no, offended and unforgiving people. That ain't the church. We must be known by our love. And so, band, I do apologize for cutting in on your time, but you can come on up. 
just to quickly do a spiritual download of this passage. I want to ask you just a few questions. As followers of Jesus in this local church body, all of us here, don't disengage. This is, this is the point I believe that God wants to engage with us. Is there unity here? Or is there division? Thank you, Anita. Does the Father see unity in our hearts? We don't have to agree to have unity. But we must reflect Ephesians 4 to have unity. Our purpose unifies us. Did you hear me? Our purpose unifies us. Not our doctrine. Our purpose. Is your purpose to be completely filled with the Holy Spirit and led and guided so that you build up the body. That means the gifts and everything God has given you is not about you. And it's not for you. It's for your family members sitting around you. We must pursue unity by staying focused on purpose. Number two, have you been changed by the salvation of Christ and the new birth of the Holy Spirit? If you have, your life must reflect that. I'm not talking legalism. I'm talking life change through relationship. Friends, we have got to look different. And it's not behavior modification. It's savior sanctification. We should not be talking like those in the world who don't know Jesus. I'm not judging but we should not be watching the stuff that is accepted and okay to those who don't know Jesus. It's quenching the spirit within you. And that may look different for you than it looks for others, and we're not going to be the police and judge one another. We're going to love one another. But are you changed? Or are you just flowing in the river of this world? And it gets a little deeper. Are you filled and walking in the spirit of God? Are you keeping in step with the Holy Spirit? Or are you on the cruise ship of this world? Enjoying it while you can. Friends, This church must become a battleship, not a cruise ship, if we want to see the things of God. You are in an army. Yes, we are a hospital as well. We have a hospital unit. 
If you're hurting and you're wounded and you're struggling, we are here for you. But the purpose is not for you to stay in the hospital. The purpose is for you to get back on the battleship and start working and fighting this war that's already been won. Are you producing the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Are you producing the fruit of the Spirit? Or is it drowning out the Spirit? What you abide in will produce the fruit. And lastly, we must walk in purity and holiness if we want to continue to grow up in the ways of Christ and experience God's glory. This is a big one. And so I'm going to invite you to come to the altar today to just take one step to say, I'm coming back. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to fight for the purpose of unity. I'm going to start growing up. And I'm going to, I want, by, the, by God's grace and by the Spirit, I want to look different. And today is a new day. You've got to want it. And then you have got to finally put the world behind you and walk forward. So I'm going to open the altar and I'm going to stand right here and I'm just going to pray over you as you come up. But let's just take a moment. I know we're getting to the end. Don't stop engaging. If you have not experienced the Holy Spirit and you want the Holy Spirit to move, just lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, I'm done. I give you the keys. Take over. Give your life to Jesus and surrender to the Holy Spirit. He wants to rock your world. And rock your world so that you can be the witnesses. Jesus. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.